Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. It's me, Doug. If you'd like to check out our podcast episodes live, head on over to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash lowercase c slash mindgappodcast for the live stream there. We'd love to interact with you during the show. While you're there, it would mean the world to us if you'd hit the like and subscribe button. This little act helps us grow and we'd appreciate your contribution. If you're still in the giving mood, head over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and give it a rating and a review. If you like a particular episode, video, or a bit, share it around with your friends. Who knows? You may help another mind gapper find their way into our loving embrace. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindgappodcast. Your subscription will give you access to early content, exclusive videos, special Discord privileges, and more. All right, that's enough for me. On with the show. Mind Gap Podcast. Everybody, welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And holy shit, do we have an amazing guest with us this week? I'm so excited uh, to introduce uh, a incredibly talented comedian, a great writer, and a wonderful human. Please welcome Danny Giovannini. Hey guys, long time. Haven't long seen you in a while. So long. Um, I'm so excited. I have so many thoughts. It was so hard not to just like get into it before we went uh, went live and started recording. So so much to chat about um, to get things going. But thank you for starters for just uh, agreeing to be here. Of course, yeah. I'm super excited. I, it's this is a dream come true. I always like literally every night. I pray on my knees and I go, I hope they'll invite me on the Mind Gap podcast soon. Um, but I was a little too shy to reach out. So when you finally did, I knew the Lord was real. <laughs> he answered my prayers. That just proves if you if your heart is pure, you know. Yep, that's right. You get what you my heart is not pure, but, you know, good things happen to bad people, too. That's right. You know, that's uh, that's um, it's just called religious oversight. That's all it is. Yeah, no big deal. It's something we can just overlook. It's uh, no big deal at all. Yeah. Um, but we have so much to get into. I'm so excited uh, to 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 chat with Danny about so much stuff. So real quick, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Um, I want to say that hey, if you're liking what you're hearing or what you're watching. Uh, do us a solid, hit the like, hit the subscribe button. Uh, it's free, and it helps us so much. We we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you're listening to this on the audio side of things, awesome, thank you. Hit the rate and review. Uh, you know, uh, write us, write, write us, and drop us a review too while you're at it, and uh, that'll that'll also help us. That'd be great. It doesn't cost you anything except just a little bit of time. It'd be great. And if you feel like supporting us financially, check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/MindGapPodcast. Also, check out our merch at Redbubble.com. And if you'd like to join us live and chat with cool people like Danny and. You know, if you're not here live, then uh, too bad you don't get to chat with him live. Uh, check us out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mindgappodcast. We live stream our podcast on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Central. 
And I host a video game live stream on Saturdays at 8 p.m. Central as well. Which, by the way, uh, big video game stream this Saturday. We've got Carly, a.k.a. C2, coming by to play some What the Dub. So uh, y'all better, you know, batten down the hatches and cook yourselves some cinnamon rolls and stay in for the night because we're going to have ourselves some fun. A root tootin' good time. It'll be a real barn burner. All right. That's housekeeping. You're fucking welcome. Uh, let's turn our attention to the man of the next couple of hours. Uh, first things first, we've got a question from the chat from Shannon yes. that says, how does he feel about soup? Danny, how do you feel about soup? Don't get me started on fucking soup. <laughs> Ooh, hot takes coming in. God damn it. I know who asked this question. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded pretty serious. It sounded like something yeah. we, we should absolutely ask you right off the top. Can All we right. Go ahead. I was yeah. gonna say, can we start, can we no. start easier? Is cereal soup? <laughs> cereal is uh, a, an offshoot of gazpacho. So, yeah, it's soup. Good answer. That's um, the best answer. It's ever. cold soup. Mm-hmm. It's cold soup. <laughs> it's a which cold is breaded soup. Everyone's favorite soup, cold soup. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's my problem with soup uh, it's too wet. I am not a broth man. I like I don't like to drink while I'm trying to chew. Mm. I want to do one and then the other. So uh if it's like a chicken noodle, I don't I just want the chicken and the noodles. I don't need piss water in it. Uh but if it's like a stew or a chili, that's what that's a slurp. That's not a chew. So that's fine. If it's thick, I'll deal with it and I'll maybe enjoy it. Uh, but if it's just like a pissy soup, you know, like a soup, get it out of here. I don't like it. I think the is if it's thick, I'll deal with it is the is the pull quote of this episode. I think that's the one that, <laughs> you know, quotes out of context. It's the best thing ever. Um, I say that at least once a week. <laughs> I will say I hear what you're saying, you know, you don't want to, you know, chew and, and slurp at the same time. But most soups, I mean, really, how much are you chewing? I mean, that stuff's been just sitting there getting all mushy and soft forever, you know. I mean, if I, it's a good soup, I'll chew a lot. You'll yeah. spend some you'll spend some time on maceration if it's a good soup. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, a bowl of cereal. That's a great soup. That's mostly chewing. That's true. Until you it gets know what soggy. I do with the milk at the end. Mm. Well, you gotta eat it fast. <laughs> when you're done, you take that milk and you put it in a jar, and you save it like a mason jar. You save it. You just keep saving it, and keep saving it, and then you throw it out when it's full. There you go. <laughs> I was never say, drink it. You know what I do? I pour it in the toilet. That's what I do. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I thought pour it in the toilet tank. <laughs> The weirdest upper decker ever. Why does it smell like? Why does it smell like Captain Crunch in here? What's going on? I thought you were gonna say you put it in the mason jar and then you save it, and that's just your cereal milk, and like you just keep no. putting that back on cereal, and then that's you, used milk. I'm just saying. There's now we're talking about reuse, reduce, recycle. Listen, man, I'm this the most ain't like wasteful man in the world. This isn't like some oil that's been around for ten years that you've been frying your chicken in, man. This is fucking milk, baby. Cereal yeah. milk. Yeah. Get it out. And the new the new craze doesn't, doesn't hold milk. 
Well, because not only that, I mean, I would have to argue you'd have to use the same milk for the same type of cereal, or you're going to have this weird amalgamation of flavors that would just be an abomination upon that's this world. Game, yeah. Doug, that's the game. That's the, that's when you play the milk, the cereal milk game. That's the game. That, uh, you know what? That's a game. You either I'm, win or you die. I'm willing to die because <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> win that game. That's for sure. I choose death. I choose death. <laughs> I choose death. Uh, also, uh, Zinni. Uh, who, who's very always excited to ask this question of every one of our guests who's your favorite Pokemon and why is it uh, Sanam Saddam <laughs> is he a Pokemon now I haven't kept up <laughs> you know what he is a Pokemon <laughs> That was genuine surprise for those who don't know that was just a genuine surprise to me I don't know what you said. Snom. S-N-O-M. Snom? Wolf! That's even weirder than Saddam. Well, oh, god damn it. I'm not going to say what Wolf said. That's not... My uh, f- okay, my favorite Pokemon is Jolteon. Jolteon. All right, I got to yeah. look this up. Who's Jolteon? Look this up Jolteon. Jolteon. You don't know Jolteon, but you I know don't know Pokemon! Saddam? Oh, well, I only know Snom because Pokemon. of Zinni, because Zinni loves Snom. Snom's like her, her Discord avatar. All the time. Yeah. So I always make fun of it because it looks like a fuck pillow. An adorable one. It might you know? be. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> All right. So Someone she approves. She said, okay, Jolteon's cool. She goes, fair enough. Yeah, Jolteon I is cool. Like, That's why I, I like, like Jolteon. Why? Yeah. Um, Defend your choice. Uh, <laughs> because he's spiky and really fast. Okay. Um, and when I was a kid, he reminded me of Goku. And I was like, this Pokemon clearly is a Super Saiyan, so I need to like him. Um, but he's just like a cool, he's a cool cat. He's a cool cat, fox dog thing. I don't know what he is. I like it. Um, I would say fox, personally. I, he looks like a fox to me. Yeah, I mean, Eevee's like a fox, so I guess Jolteon is. Well, he's a quadrupedal uh, mammalian Pokemon is what he is. So, yeah, there you and go. And he's real. He's real in here in my heart. Um, awesome. Well, thank you for taking those, uh, you know, those questions right off the top. Uh, Dan, yeah. you're, you're very, you're asking the tough stuff, the today. tough stuff. Welcome to the tough stuff part of the show <laughs> where our, 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 our listeners will chat to us. Uh, you know, uh Oh, <laughs> Wolf goes, Whoa, yo, he likes anime. How soon can you come back for an anime out of context segment? That w- that's a segment we do where we take uh, a transcript from some anime and uh, usually, I'm the one putting it together. Justin doesn't watch anime, so I just take some random scene out of context. I'm like, all right, we're going to cold read this. And we just choose the parts, and it's super fun. We had a fan submit one last week from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and it was a real treat. So that's that's one that's been on my list. I do watch anime, but I only watch uh, like classic things that everyone is like, you got to watch yes. that. I'll be like, all that's right. That's how I am. And then, like, newer things that are starting to get really popular. Or, like, if I read a manga and I really like it, I'll be like, oh, I'll, I'll watch the show and because I like more things. Yeah. And I watch the subs and the dubs. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I, I don't discriminate. I, I'm the same way. Like, I, I, I will, I, I've taken a risk. I'm like, hey, I'll see what this is all about and been like, dear God, what have I done? This is so weird. Such a waste of my time. I won't do it. So, like, I, I definitely rely on on recommendations from people for that sort of stuff yeah. because there's just too much out there. Yeah, most of the scripts that I read. 
Right? That's my favorite <laughs> thing is I'm like, he has no I idea. Most of the scripts that I write. <laughs> like, dear God, what have I done? What, what have I, I done? done? What horror have I wrought upon this world? Well, that's a that's a great uh, that's actually a great segue because uh, Danny. Um, before we go any further, please, um, you know, I want to g- give people give just, just I'm 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 look at me I'm starstruck right now I'm stuttering I can't get this out. Uh, Danny, uh, tell people what you do, man. Tell tell everyone your cool shit. Uh, I am a writer on SpongeBob SquarePants on Nickelodeon. Hell yeah. As you can tell by my shirt that yes! you can only see if you're watching the stream right now live. <laughs> the cool kids are. If you're listening later, you're missing out on this That's great right. shirt. Well, we're not even going to describe what the shirt looks like. No. There may or may not be SpongeBob on it. Who knows? Right. <laughs> there, SpongeBob may or may not be in a uh, embrace with Snom. We don't yeah, know. We don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's that's it's so cool. Um, you know, we first met Danny, Justin, and I uh, in our very, very early improv days at Second City. Uh, Danny, as I mean, we could say, is a founding member of the very memorable improv group, the Jessicas. So Jessica, that's Shout right, out to Jessica. Yes, uh, we had we Jessica. had some legendary shows in our uh, very brief run. Yes, yes, we sure did. Yeah, um, it's a good what eight weeks <laughs> <laughs> eight weeks of gold that's right baby eight weeks wow. of gold now <laughs> Justin and I have told a story numerous times on the show and the listeners uh, are pretty familiar with it but I want to ask you this question as well Danny do you remember the first show that we did as the Jessicas I remember I remember some of the shows that we did, but I don't know if I remember the very first one. But I also feel like I kind of know where this story might go. <laughs> I was probably there. You were there. You were there. And I want to sort of retell it from my side, see if maybe it, it sparks, uh, jostles a little bit of your memory. Because this was my first time live on stage as it was Justin's as well like I hadn't done improv wait that was your very first time like doing a show at all exactly very first time doing any sort of improv in front of everybody and I was actually the one that was quote unquote hosting like and taking the suggestion. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that. Um, and so I was like, "Hi, we're the Jessicas. Can I get a suggestion of anything at all?" And do you happen to remember the suggestion we got, Danny? Oh my god. Uh I, w- I don't remember exactly what it was, but I feel like it was rather graphic. Do you remember who it's, gave the it suggestion? Was it was very topical. It was topical. It was topical. Yeah. Do you remember who gave the suggestion? Do I remember the suggestion from a show from nine years ago? Yeah. It's pretty. I mean, it, uh, it, is, it is haunted, Doug and I. Yeah, this is something that has stuck <laughs> with us. Very first show. And uh, really, one of us has gone through enough therapy. Cool. To- <laughs> Get past this. Like, one of us has moved on and had a life. All right. So <laughs> I am sure as soon as you say it, I will probably pass I'm, out. I'm sure this will this will come back PTSD. to you in, 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 in great. So I'm hosting the show and um I haven't learned to the point that you can say no to a suggestion from the audience. So this also sounds familiar. I get, you know, this just very topical because this person had literally, I think, passed away that day. And someone shouted from the audience, Nelson Mandela. Yes. And the person who I shouted it was your dad. 
It was my dad. <laughs> that sounds like something he would do. I love that Shannon goes, I really hope it was his dad. It was Shannon. It was his dad. <laughs> and uh, and I go. So Doug accepted that because mm-hmm. he knew he's like, all right, I have to say yes. And so, yeah, thank you, Nelson Mandela. And he walks back. And in the, in the form that we were doing, I was the one who had to step out and initiate the very first scene based off our very first suggestion. And again, oh my, my very first time on stage doing improv. So I step out and I am flop sweating, just buckets. And I, I, I literally don't remember. I think I paced up and down the stage and I used silence got some laughs with that and then i realized i'm gonna have to say something eventually and i don't i, th- I blacked out i don't remember what i said i remember what but you said it was, it was met with very moderate hmm. yeah and then i immediately ran to the back line i'm like next no i because what you did is you pace you go i can't believe he's gone I can't believe he's gone. I, I think it's, I'm pretty sure that's what you said. Is like, Dude, I can't believe he's gone. burned into your memory. Oh, yeah. This is a very, this it's is a, wonderful. This is a positive memory for me because oh, it was yeah. so bonkers. And it was, you know, I don't, I had, you know, a couple of rough improv shows, but that one was just yeah. like hilarious. And so, because I also remember you did like a South African Voldemort. That was the one thing that yes. I remembered was that I, I want to say the scene was Allison. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was like she she was doing like a really bad South African <laughs> accent and she was like complaining that the kids at school make fun of her for for the way she talks and then like me and one other person were playing like the parents and I did my best South African accent which was just me like kind of imitating Leonardo DiCaprio from Blood, Blood Diamond, Diamond. <laughs> and also like a little bit of the band DeAntword because they were really popular at the time. This was like 2013. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll just like, you know, I'll think of like a couple lyrics to their songs and then I'll just kind of go with it. And I guarantee no one else in this room is actually going to know what a South African accent sounds like. Yeah, man. I, I, I remember um, being impressed at the time. I'm like, look at him go. <laughs> So, yeah. ironically, in 2011, I worked for a guy who was from South Africa. And when you launched into that, I my jaw hit the ground because I was like, that's <laughs> actually I, like I worked for a guy. I couldn't do that. That's amazing. And I was just like at that from that point forward, you were legendary in my mind. I was like, This guy <laughs> is just a god on stage. Yeah, I rolled with Nelson Mandela. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> so, like, we've told that story I do many remember times. Remember this now. Yeah, yeah we've told that yeah, story many yeah. times. Like, our first foray into performance was that, and my favorite part was after the show. You're like, "Do you know who suggested that?" We're like, "Who?" You're like, "It was my dad." And I was like, "What?" You're like, <laughs> you "Yeah." Said no. You're like, "Yeah, my dad did this," and that's when Jessica was so sweet. She goes, "You know, Doug." You don't always have to accept the first day. You can ask for more if you don't like it. I'm like, okay, good to know. Like, it would have been helpful before the I had, show. I had no idea that my dad had such an impact on your lives. Yeah. I look back day. on it hilarious because legend. he is. He is a legend. <laughs> and I, I look back on that and I laugh so hard because it was such a dick move, but in hindsight, it's hilarious. Like, it's so hilarious. Or he's just that's like, like yeah, hey, do this really difficult thing. And he probably was like, they're not going to say yes. But he's like, oh, they're going to do it? Okay, go for it. The more that we talk about it, the more is coming back to me. And I know 
I'm hearing him say it again. I know exactly how he said it. And I, I know, even though it was dark, I know that he was in the back of the room, just on a bar stool with his arms crossed, chin up, like, watch this. And then there must have been like one beat of silence. And he's like, that's enough. And just went, Nelson Mandela. And everyone went, oh. And they're like, oh, this then, dumb shit is actually going to take yeah. it. Like, he really did it. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was uh, that was amazing. So something uh, well, that we look back fondly. So I'm glad. I mean, <laughs> trial by fire, you guys. You, you survived it. You know, you made it through that. You can make it through anything, right? Well, that's that's the lesson here. Talk about is that like th- that was you couldn't have really couldn't have asked for a better because you always hear those those comedians or those performers who they have a run of just like nothing but amazingness, and then when they bomb the first time, it's it it throw how could yeah. i bomb i'm i'm amazing so like yeah. i honestly think it was a gift to come out to one of the hardest suggestions that we could probably have and just be like cool we got to fight through this as a group and it was i i, yeah. I and we got south african voldemort out of it i mean god damn like that was a that was an absolute gift and i i cherish that story i love that story it's one of my favorites because also that it was teaching me um one of the things i had to learn was like you know how do you separate yourself from the suggestion Right. If someone says banana, you don't start being like, hey, I got a bunch of bananas. It's like, cool. What does banana mean to you? Is it the yeah. color yellow? Is yeah. it tropics? Is it vacation? Is it, f- f- you know, a different type of food? And like you take it from there. So for me, you know, that was a good opportunity. I didn't do a good job of it, but it got me thinking. I'm like, well, first of all, I don't know much about Nelson Mandela. So I don't, you know, I'm not. And also, he's dead. So like, two things I probably shouldn't wander into too much. But I think I remember my initiation was like me putting a beer on a casket or something like that. Like that was my contribution <laughs> yeah. to things because God knows what I was going. I'm like, Hey, this is all I know. you know, Hey, yeah. And I'll, I'll, Nelson I'll, Mandela was known for partying. So. Right. Party oh, hard. Yeah. I think that would have fit. Yeah. Big time. I don't know why we didn't do that one. Beer pig stands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was, I mean, honestly, seriously, one of my favorite memories of, of, of all that stuff. And also I learned even back then how passionate you were about writing. And also, um, I was impressed with your, like just your overall concept of writing, because I think either before one of our shows or before one of our practices at the time, Thor, the dark world had just come out and I was like, Hey man, did you see Thor dark world? You're like, yeah. You're like, eh. I'm like, what do you mean? And you're like, well, you know, and you broke it down like by like in a very writer thing. You're like, ah, you know, act two was real weak. And then this and then this. And then you were like giving like some really like constructive notes to that. And I was like, oh, shit, I never even really considered that. And I was like, <laughs> God damn, Danny's all over this. And so, you know, years later, when it's like, oh, yeah, Danny's writing for SpongeBob. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense because this that guy fucking gets it. You know, so mostly because I hate Thor, the dark world. Well, you're not they, alone. That was the only question they asked me in the interview. They're like, how do you feel about Thor, the dark world? I was like, oh, you want to know how I feel about soup? Because like, I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. It'd be funny yeah. if it was a trick question where it's like, oh, wait, you overthink it. You're like, maybe everyone says they hate it. So maybe they want me to say that I like it, you know? It's like that scene from Office Space where it's like, hey, whatever that guy's name is, Barry Manilow or whatever his name is. I can't remember what it is, but he's like, oh, yeah, I love that music. What was that? 
Michael, Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. He's like, yeah, I, I love Michael Bolton. I love his stuff. They're like, yeah, what's your favorite song? He's like, fuck. I, I told those motherfuckers I like Michael Bolton. You know, you're like, I told him I love Thor in the Dark World. I hated it. Yeah. Exactly how it happened. Exactly. Do you, I'm curious about uh, the interview process. Uh, do you uh, bring any of your, um, like in, in writing an episode or in writing for, for any of the episodes, do you bring any of your personal, like, is there an episode where someone like despises soup? You know what I mean? Like, do you, is there, do you have the chance? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Tune in next week. Inject any personal, any personal stuff into the shows like that. Um, definitely. I mean, the, uh, the thing with the show is that it's, it's a, like a big world that is like a mirror to our world. So with all of the characters of SpongeBob, it's, it's satire at its core. So like anything for you or you find funny or you just want to make fun of an analog for it or the ocean world. maybe not in real life but uh at least in spongebob there is so um trying to think of an example one of the really stupid examples that i can think of something i wrote recently without like giving anything away was just a joke about like skiing where a character was like getting ready to go skiing and then at like the smallest obstacle they're like skiing's for jerks and like threw their skis away <laughs> uh which is i've never been skiing but i just kind of like had that i was like yeah i mean skiing's for jerks that's my own little personal gripe um i don't really hate skiing that much but like things like that yeah um yes yeah, so and you know you're always pers- pulling from personal experiences um just for something like relatable you know cuz a, a lot of the show the funniest things to me on that show are the things that are um like universal universally specific things and that's i feel like that's true in like any comedy the universally specific uh nuances of like you know it there's always like the bad stand up comedian version of that where it's like you ever been to the dentist? <laughs> it's like, yeah, everybody hates the dentist. Wait, Jim Giovannini, uh, technology anyway. like skiing is for joke. Is Jim, uh, is, is Jim? Oh, no, I think we lost him again. Jim is legend, the suggestor oh, of... Jim is here! Jim! I am so excited. Jim, we were just talking about you. If you're just tuning in, Jim, we just told the story of our very first improv show in Second City uh, and how you shaped our performative lives by suggesting Nelson Mandela during our show. And I stupidly accepted that suggestion and went on from there. So, Jim. On the day that he died. (laughs) (laughs) On the day that he died. So It was legendary and we love you for it. We still talk about that. We've talked about it multiple. He remembers. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta say, Jim, as a father, was that one of your proudest moments? You because I have, I, do. I have a young daughter, and I look forward to having my own moment like that. So, um, <laughs> timing is everything. <laughs> <coughs> oh, oh man, 
So I think we have you back. I think we're good. Yes. All right. <sighs> okay. Great. So, fan theory about SpongeBob is that they exist based on the nuclear fallout from the 1950s atomic bomb tests in the Pacific. True or false? Go. Um, mildly true. <laughs> Not, I can't like officially confirm, but it is the um, you know, in the opening titles when it's like the little island, mm -hmm. yeah, and then it goes down into the ocean. Uh, so that island is Bikini Atoll, mm -hmm. which is infamously like a nuclear testing yeah. place. So it's like a it's a fan theory, but it's a you know a little bit part of the the joke of the show. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not something that we ever touch on or like confirm. They're just you know they're just talking. But everybody fish. knows. But I, yeah, uh, if you're like explanation. So you mean you're, you mean to say in a kids show you don't you don't yeah. uh, flat out confirm these are. Uh, radioactively mutated uh sea entities yeah yeah these are mutant fish these are mutant fish uh it's a um, yeah it's like no, godzilla not adventure time Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. that tracks oh that's amazing oh it's so good um so how so you you've written like obviously you've written more than just spongebob you know i'm assuming you've written you know i whenever i see kids shows it's it's for me it's mm -hmm. it's it's a fascination of how to approach that as an adult to create something for a kid sure. shows like I've seen you know sort of the live action kid shows where the kids come in with so much energy that you're like dear God like how do they do this like yeah. how do they come in like hey oh my God Janice will you go with me to the prom oh you know it's like so over the top and for when yeah. it comes to like writing a show like writing like something like spongebob you know obviously with the audience being kids and also writing something that's for adults like how do you approach that like what's that process like for you is is it difficult is it easier does it matter what's that like um i i guess for me it's not as difficult as you would think just because i grew up watching this show in particular, but also just like cartoons in general. Uh, you know, I still watch a lot of animation and this was kind of the thing that I really wanted to do. Even when I was like in college, this was kind of where I wanted to end up and I can't believe I actually did. So it was, you know, it was in my wheelhouse writing, writing for this style of humor. And I had to learn like the animation part of it because that's it's really specific. It's unlike writing for a live action show or like a movie or anything like that. Um, but there are definitely similarities. It's still writing. Um, but the I mean, there are like certain limitations where like there are just certain topics that kids don't know about. Like clearly, you know, you can't be vulgar and you can't talk about like adult themes. But sometimes adult themes are like taxes, like boring adult stuff that, you know, everyone you know every once in a while someone will pitch the idea in the room of like you know uh mr krabs has to do his taxes he's really behind on his taxes or something like that and we're like well, kids aren't gonna care like they don't know how taxes work like you can make a joke about taxes but from a kid's perspective of like i don't know what those are but they sound like the most boring thing ever um but but that's like that's fun that's a fun way to view the world um Whereas I think 
like writing for a more adult audience sometimes like you you take the cynicism for granted like you're just like yeah of course everybody is cynical about this thing but like kids don't know necessarily what to be cynical about they get that through squidward and mr crab (laughs) (laughs) that's how they learn they have people guiding them through their cynicism yeah we're holding their hand so that you know in 10 years they'll be like oh yeah this does oh wait i can make Uh, that connection now yeah no it's funny you bring up taxes because that's my favorite thing to throw at at kids like whenever mm-hmm. you know they're like oh you can't do this i'm like oh did you pay your taxes this year and they always look at me confused <laughs> i'm like that's right go pay your taxes and come back and like I had, my nephew was like uh when was the last time you cleaned your ear airpods i was like oh when was the last time you paid your taxes evan and he's just yeah, like i loader. he's like Nailed he doesn't it. they never know how to respond i'm like that's right <laughs> Go find out the value of pie and get back to me, you son of a bitch. Like, you know, just yeah. super Let me aggressive. Let see 401k, kid. <laughs> I love throwing that shit out there because they're like, I don't understand what that is. I'm like, I know, but you understand it sucks. You can tell. You can tell that this isn't yeah. a fun thing and nobody likes to do it. So with, with that said, there are like some times where we can figure out ways to do adultish themes that are through like a kid's understanding of it i didn't particularly work on this one episode but we did one a few years ago that was about uh like life insurance and mr krabs was trying to collect the life insurance policy on (laughs) spongebob so he's literally just trying to kill spongebob for 11 minutes it was really funny incredibly violent but you know cartoon violence sure uh it's good for you when it when the cartoons fight exactly um but uh yeah it that was that's a really funny one because it's like you had to kind of explain what a life insurance policy was in like 30 seconds so that the kids would understand like oh when this person dies you get money but that's also like a pretty dark theme it's bleak yeah yeah it's super bleak (laughs) but the way that we did it was really ridiculous over the top so we we were able to get away with it Um, And of course, they're like SpongeBob has always been known for doing that, like, you know, humor that's sometimes just for kids. And then sometimes like the adults get the second layer of the joke. Yeah. um, Which is that's always fun. It's, you know, you have to be kind of clever to think of that stuff and uh, try not to be like overtly adult with it because that you know they'll notice <laughs> even the kids will notice they'll be like i don't think you're supposed to say that but that's we have a lot of people with eyes on the scripts to make sure you know that doesn't happen oh i'm sure i've heard people have uh just uh, nightmares with uh trying to get past uh, standards and practices uh with with yeah exactly. a lot of stuff so i'm sure on a kid show it's even that much more tight uh tight, you know, tied down yeah yeah, the younger you go, the more, more strict it is. Like uh, the first like foot in the door that I had in animation, I, I had an internship and then like a brief stint as an assistant at Disney Junior um, oh, interesting. On, the, on the network side. Yeah, so I was I was an assistant for a couple of executives, um, network executives at Disney Junior. So it's all preschool. And I had like a top down view of kind of the whole like process where, you know, how how a show gets picked up what the production kind of looks like and then like what happens as a show is nearing the end of its shelf life um and it was really informative but one of the things that i learned was that like 
there are a lot of rules for preschool shows. Oh, uh, it yeah, like it's and it's even more than you would think. Just like you can't say this and you can't say that and you can't say this. It's more like there has to be a lesson in this particular episode, and like kids won't know this particular concept. So you need to simplify it like a lot more um or just like generally kids aren't gonna know this reference uh or this like turn of phrase so you can't say it at all or can't like make the episode about that it's a lot there's a lot of stuff to juggle which is i like you know the demographics for spongebob is like six to eleven years old but obviously, like, there's a lot of adults who like it, even, you know, people who grew up with it who are now adults. And then even, you know, like my parents still liked it. Uh, but like it's there's a there's a lot more that you can say and a lot more you can do. Um, it's not necessarily like more that you can get away with. It's not like we're being sneaky, but it's just there's just a wider array of topics that you can pick from. And like yeah. not every episode needs to have like a moral lesson in fact a lot of spongebob episodes as we're writing them you know we're like okay so what would the moral lesson be here <laughs> now let's take a left turn like nice let's not do that let's yeah, subvert expectation like, and yeah exactly yeah we want to make we want to subvert it we want to make it something unexpected yeah. so that it's you know something you haven't seen before and it makes it fresh for us because you know if we've seen the same joke a thousand times in looney tunes mm-hmm. how do we make that different right you know? it's so that's true guys, but that's the fun part if you're tackling a concept that needs to be distilled down or or you get a note and say you know you can't say this or you can't say that <clears throat> specifically on your show how does in in the room like how does the, does that then just go back and everyone just pitches ideas into a void until one sticks or is that on one person to kind of go back in and kind of yeah. guide that how does it how does that work from a a room perspective it kind of depends on um what the note is like sometimes if it's just a small change if it's like you know this word is outdated use this word or you know like i don't know we use a lot of like old-timey slang because it's funny and like we we draw a lot of inspiration from like vaudeville humor so sometimes they use like you know the word vittles instead of food yeah stuff like that so but sometimes you know you'll run into something that's just like a little too old and they're like okay well they're not like you know speaking old english <laughs> so if it's something like that then whoever wrote the episode can just be like all right i'll change that but if it's more of like a joke like a full setup punchline kind of thing that yeah. needs to be rewritten then usually the guys will like pitch things back and forth or even just like email a couple alts um, or even we'll just save it for uh, after the whole episode is like drawn out and we do an animatic for it, which is like, that's like the rough version where we have the, the dialogue pretty much all recorded, but then the visuals itself is just like rough sketches of like what's going to happen but you know strung together in a quick time file um that kind of stuff you know that's where we'll do a lot of revisions and a lot of new jokes or if something's not landing everybody gets their chance to like pitch a new idea for it um and that's also where we like cut a lot of the best jokes because you gotta gotta make the time limit for tv yeah so it it sucks but 
you know, that's that's part of it. And usually the stuff that ends up getting cut was, you know, it was fat anyway. Yeah. Um, so the episode typically works better without it. It's it's hard to see it go, but I've managed to get one. I've managed to recycle one joke so far. One that, that had to be cut. Cut, that you were yeah. like, I, can't, I, didn't I was like, oh, I wish I could have put that joke in. And I've just in the last script that I wrote, I managed to put it back in. And it was a very specific joke that I can't say because the first episode hasn't even aired yet. Oh, yeah. Nice. So in like a year and a half, someone I tell you might what, see it. Come back in a year and a half and we'll yes. revisit yeah. this moment. You'll be like, hey, this is what <laughs> we call a callback. You remember the joke? Yeah. Here's what it was. Did you see it? Because that was, that's what I was talking about. I was referencing that. Now, it's interesting yeah. you, you talk about like uh, things that are, you know, just kids are going to understand because I distinctly remember watching shows like Animaniacs back in the day. And I remember they had mm -hmm. one sort of like short story in there called Good Feathers, which was a take on yeah. Goodfellas. And I remember back then, I'm like, I don't grasp the entirety of this because I had never <laughs> seen Goodfellas, which is an R-rated Martin Scorsese film about yeah. mobsters killing each other. And the, the, the whole short started out with, as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a good feather. And I was like, and there was like a good feather. There was like a bird that was just like Joe Pesci. And I'm like, looking back on that, I'm like, what? Where's the connection there? Like for the kids, because the kids. Right aren't going to get that. Like they're not going to understand. <laughs> they haven't when seen I finally this. saw Goodfellas, I was like this. Oh, oh this is based on those birds from anime. Right. <laughs> he stole right? this. You're like, yeah. oh, I get it Martin now. Scorsese is a hack. <laughs> <laughs> they stole it. Yeah. It's so interesting how like that stuff has changed over time. And, and, and also just kind of going back to the preschool stuff. Like I have a six year old daughter and I mean, just trying to, she will ask questions. I'm like, I hate to say this, but you, we're going to have to talk about this when you're older because you just don't understand the concept of what I'm about to explain to you. Yeah. Um, like just the other day, she asked my wife over lunch, she goes, mom, where do people come from? And she's like, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, they're bored or whatever. She goes, no, where'd the first person come from? I'm like, uh, <laughs> good luck, mom. Like yeah. I'm cooking lunch. She takes his plate you know? and just puts it in the sink and walks out of the room. She's like, I'm gonna enroll you in an anthropology course at the local yeah. community college. Right? I'll answer your question exactly. Or like we were driving to a playground and we drove by a church. She's like, Dad, what's that? I'm like, it's a church. And she goes, What's that? And I'm like, Um, well, here's the concept of religion that maybe a six year old will understand. I'm like, I, you know, like the idea of trying to teach them, you know, although there's also certain shows like Bluey, which is mm -hmm. a phenomenal show, which does such a good job of like teaching morals and it's so fun. And Natalie absolutely loves it. I love that show as an adult. I'm like, huh, let's do the one where they go get Chinese food. Like that one's so much fun and everything goes wrong. It's like, it's great. He's like, we already saw that one. Yeah, Dad. exactly. Like, well, that, too bad. I'm in charge. We're watching it again. I pay the taxes around here. Yeah. Did you pay your? Did you pay the rent, Natalie? Did you pay the mortgage? Because I don't think you did. Dad's watching the Bluey episode where they go get Chinese food. That is so. That is one thing. Circling back to the preschool stuff. Yeah. Despite all of those, you know, hurdles and obstacles and limitations that they put on the preschool content it does you know it makes it a more enriching show that you can watch like with your kids whereas you know if you're if you're just putting on the like youtube kids and letting them just 
click one and then it auto plays. And then within like two hours, they're watching, you know, the Green Goblin and Spider-Man molest Peppa Pig, like some just horrible thing. Yeah. Like it's totally no one's looking at it. Whereas, you know, if it's if it's highly, uh, you know, filtered and you have actual like artists working on these things to make sure that kids are entertained and kids are learning and you know it's giving you something to talk about with your kid um in a way that they'll understand that's that you know that's invaluable yeah no this the sheer amount of like opportunities i've had to be like hey you remember when that happened on bluey natalie you remember remember that like it's actually a very good wholesome show that i also enjoy because there's some other kids shows that are like dear god like this is, you know, there's there's some subtlety yet wholesomeness to Bluey that is absolutely absent from some of these other things that are like, hey, this person's bad because they're bad and this person's good because they're the good guy. And don't forget that this is the moral of the story. The end. It's like, wow, it's just you're just going to just spoon feed that to everybody. Huh? OK. And I know someone be like, hey, Doug, guess what? The show's not for you. It's for the kids. I'm like, yeah, but it's on while I'm in the room. So can we at least try a little yeah, bit more? Exactly. Like, because I see other shows that do a phenomenal job of just making everybody happy because for the longest time, and I got to give Jared credit, who's going off in, in the chat right now, who's just like, you know, he's like, dude, you got to watch Bluey. And I was like, no, I'm just, I don't need another <laughs> show for my kid to watch. He's like, I'm serious. You got to watch Bluey. I'm like, I don't care. And then when, when we were on vacation, Bluey was on, and now they started watching it. I'm like, oh, this must be Bluey. And I found myself engrossed in the show. And I'm like, this is a really good show. I watched like one episode. I'm like, this is really good. Oh my God, this is heartfelt. And then, uh, and then I, I, I was finally like, you know, Jared, you were right. And he just literally, in all caps, is like, I told you so. I will never stop saying, I told you so. Jared, you were right. <laughs> and Shannon says, Coco Melon can I, I, suck it. Yes, Coco Melon can suck it. That's, I was just saying, I don't have kids, but I, I, I'm fully on board with that. I have mm-hmm. enough friends who have kids. I can say Coco Melon can suck it. Yeah, man. That's just a bunch of fucking songs I, that I'm over, you know? I can't badmouth Coco Melon because I know people who work on it. I think Coco Melon you know fine show. They get paid. Yeah, right? That's great. Yeah. yeah. That that to me, and hey, if you're working on that show, congratulations. You're doing something creative that I, I wish I could do. Um, but that that is the kind of thing where I'm like, hey, who need you got you got a family of three kids and you need to occupy occupy them and just have them just kind of go just unplug their brains like here's coco melon and they just go while they look on their tablets uh, the wheels yeah, on the bus go round and round and you know just all that sort of shit it's like yeah cool just have them unplug and watch that and you can watch that knowing full well they're like well it's not bad <laughs> it's not bad content yeah it's just not fun to watch yeah, you're not gonna learn anything horrible from this it's not no. gonna traumatize them no it'll just put them into a zombie pacified state which means you can go and do whatever else you need to do while they watch it so yeah. it totally works do your taxes yeah go do your taxes man <laughs> um so there is an absolute just butt ton of content out there in the world it's right now with with streaming with movies, I mean, actually, I think someone posted in our Discord the other day, like the breakdown of uh, hours just in the in like the Marvel universe. As far as uh, actually, I think did Jared post it? Um, someone posted it. I'm gonna see if I can find it real quick. I don't know if I will be able to because people post such dank memes in our Discord. Check out our Discord link down in the description uh, below. Um, yeah, here it goes. MCU runtimes by phase. 
Phase one was six films, 12.4 hours. Phase two, six films, 12.7 hours. Phase three, 11 films, 24.9 hours. Phase so phase four so far, six films, seven shows, almost 50 hours of content that exists. I've watched there. them all. Same. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like so much time of my life gone away. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to see that in a graph. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched a lot of them more than once. Oh man. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Like I don't want to see it in the graph. I don't even. It's like going on Steam and being like, "This is how many hours you played this game," and like, "Ah, no, don't tell me that." Have you seen? This is off topic, but have you seen? Uh, Doug, I might have sent this to you. The visual representation of the number of days that you've lived versus the number of days that you have left. Yeah, I think that made you shit your pants and have an existential I, crisis. Yeah. I've got uh, I've got a big thing with mortality, and um, it's the same thing. I didn't need no. to see that. I didn't need to see that. I've used up almost more. Like <laughs> when you see, you're just like, oh man, that's just. I've used up it. more than I have left. Like <laughs> bean counters just ticking away there. That's not good. Don't like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I so I have a thing where like I don't think I think when I die I'm just gonna be worm food and I'll become you know space dust and it'll be great I don't think my consciousness will pass on or anything like that but my secret desire is that like I don't I don't need to know if I, like I don't need a heaven I don't need a hell or anything like that I don't need like an afterlife I just want to know my stats <laughs> <laughs> when i die i want to know like exactly how many songs i listened to exactly like oh. how many hot dogs i ate how many <laughs> cats i got to pet right like any any metric that i desire that i just want to know what it was that'd be cool but that would be amazing like when you die it's like it, it kind of like the red veil comes over and it's like from dark souls it's like you died and then all of your yeah. stats start coming up and it's like you could just spend you know, time doesn't matter at that point. You're just like, oh my God, how many cats did I pet? You know, you're like, yeah. whoa, it's just. How strong was I? <laughs> what was my max? What was my max strength? And when how did it decline? Was I? You get to see oh, like the, the parabolic <laughs> trend of like your strength to when it started declining. You're like, oh shit. Yeah, you know, like. Right. That would be, that would, that's my only wish in life. And I, I feel like some tech billionaire things. is going to do that. Yeah. You know, okay. They're going to create that for you. Be like, oh, Good. You're in luck. We've been watching you since you were born, mm -hmm. so we know everything you did. I'm like, hey, that's great. I mean, I, cool. you know, if you've got a smartwatch, <laughs> you know, we have that information on you. Smartwatch, you know, yeah. that tracks all sorts of I'm, shit like I'm that. Fully connected. Same, you know. I'm like, I, I need to know how many steps am I doing good on my average this month versus last month? Like, what do I need to do? What's my mileage? You know, how am I? I yeah. how am I hanging? You know, <laughs> I don't care about steps, but I want to know how many times I had to pee. That's that's fair. Oh, not, what's the volume in which you peed? Like if you start breaking it exactly. down, it's like, you know, how what's your portion of pee that fills in, in relation to the ocean? You know, like these are stats and proportions that we need to know. I need an Apple Watch that does that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I feel like I wouldn't wear it on my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, that would be interesting. Where does that connect in? You know, <laughs> Justin, where does it connect? Huh? Where does it oh, connect? Yeah. <laughs> Do the soundboard. Oh, hold on, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Where does it connect? The dick. 
That's a dick fart. <laughs> All right, what I can do is, is to connect. Uh, where's the thing? Here it is. All right, there, there it go. is. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good. That's a that's like a SpongeBob sort of sound effect, you know? Right. Yeah, definitely use that one. <laughs> well, the point is, we are drowning yeah, in content. What was your question? <laughs> All right, we're talking about dick watches. Yeah, that's all good. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather talk about that. Uh, oh, no, let's see. I check the time. Yeah, I love. Yeah, let's let's check. Yeah, cool. P volumes looking good. Uh, you know, we are just. You know, what's your take on the state of streaming content, TV these days? Like, are we drowning? Are we doomed? What's what's you know? I don't know. We're doomed. I mean, I don't know. That's um, that's a bit dramatic, but. <laughs> I mean, like in the grand scheme of things, yeah, we're doomed. But everybody's doomed. We've always been doomed. Uh, that's just how. That's just. I feel like doomed. you and I are aligned in a lot of ways, Danny. You yeah. know, <laughs> the nihilism um, runs deep. As far as like, yeah, <laughs> as far as like streaming content goes, or just you know consumable things, like I don't know what are are we just counting like shows and movies? Or are we just saying everything? I mean, just like, you know, it's not going to change. But. Yeah. I was just saying, it, you know, Justin and I, we could talk about this a lot. It's just, you know, I feel sometimes there's just immense pressure to just be able to watch something just so you can be part of the zeitgeist and be part Definitely. of the, the conversation about things. There's other things where I'm like, I don't give a shit because it's not my jam. I won't watch it. But there's other times where I'm like, yeah. oh, God, I'm three episodes currently behind on Miss Marvel. And I'm like, ah. I gotta, I gotta get caught up, you know, or like I, this was the first weekend in years since the pan pandemic started that I actually went to a movie on opening weekend. I went and saw Thor Love and Thunder because I was like, nice. I want to be all over this one. You know, I don't want to have anything spoiled. I want to, I want to be in there. I want to be in it to win it. Um, and there's like that sort of compelling drive to go and see that same thing. Like with stranger things, it's just like you want to mm. be involved or the boys and you want to be involved with the conversation. You don't, because spoilers are just everywhere these days and if yeah. you really like a show it's it's i think it's virtually impossible to sort of distance yourself from anything if you're on social media because stuff's going to pop out i think one of the worst offenders was uh spider-man no way home like oh my god yeah dear god that shit got spoiled all over the place i it was such a shame because i'm like i wish i would have had this moment in the theater seeing it yeah. being like oh <gasps> I didn't know this was going to happen, but I did know it was going to happen. I'm like, eh, that sucks. Yeah. I already knew it, you know? Well, um, yes. No, no, go ahead. I feel like you had more to say on the topic. I did, but <laughs> you probably speak, did too. And speak your mind. All right. So, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I feel like there's definitely pressure. There's definitely pressure to, to keep up. Um, but I've also gotten to the point where if something doesn't grab me right away, you know, if I know a lot of people who are watching it, I'll be like, fine, I'll keep watching it. Like, I watched all of Ted Lasso, and I didn't think it was funny. Uh-oh. Uh, Justin, I want you to stay calm. Everyone... Everyone's I'm involved. sorry. Stay calm, I, Justin. Stay calm. Everyone's Everybody involved. thinks that show is funny. And I watched the whole thing and I was like, this is charming. But I wasn't like rolling on the floor laughing. I was like, I wasn't okay. rolling on the floor either. I I am in, actually in the same boat as you in that regard. Well, there you go. See? Wow, Justin. After all those weeks of recommending it, and here we are, you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was fine. It was charming. <laughs> I, you take it how uh, you want to take it. I still recommend it. I mean, you were. I you were. I recommend it. 
Guess what I'm going to recommend today? What? Ted Lasso? Bingo. Bingo bango. This guy was on the pulpit being like, y'all must watch. Y'all must get started. Y'all must get Apple Plus and I still to watch say this. I still say it's one of my top shows of all time. I don't think it's I don't think it's slap your knee hysterical, but I think it is a fantastic show. See, there he goes. I now fine. I believe you again. <laughs> the day he's like, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. Like it was it was fine. Some of the characters are likable. Some of them are not. I didn't like I didn't like all of them. Um it's there. Yeah, it's fine. Doug's you not know? trying to start shit. <laughs> I am. No, I mean, well, Doug is. Yes. Uh Nelson Mandela, Doug. <laughs> Flashbacks. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll keep him occupied. For a while, while here. Uh, <laughs> he's just crying in the corner while I'm like, anyway. Just, I should have said you know, no. On a diet I should have said no. Um, but yeah, no. I so I heard this quote, or maybe it was just like a thing attributed to Guillermo del Toro a few years ago. I don't know if it was a thing he actually said, but it was a thing that he implied. Uh, But it was along the lines of like, once I start feeling like I'm doing homework, I stop playing a game or watching a show or listening to something. Like once it starts feeling like work and it's not enjoyable, then I'm out. Because I have, there's too many things out there. There's too many things I have to do in my life. There's too many things I would like to see. So as soon as I'm like actively fighting against a piece of media or like, you know, a piece of art or whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, then I'm like, uh, this, you know, I only, I only have so much attention that I can give. It's the attention economy. So you got to move on. You got to just be like okay whatever like a, there there are certain shows that i got yeah like i got i got uh, a, you know two and a half seasons through and i was like i don't know about this and then it, i drop it and then everyone's like oh but you know right at the end of season two that's when it gets great and i'm like yeah. well too bad like i moved on i gotta do other yeah. things like my life might have been better with with that knowledge but it's still just as good yeah <laughs> It's interesting That's you bring I that up. Lost. Oh, go ahead, Justin. Yeah. That's how I feel about Lost. Yeah. I never watched I've, Lost. I've said, like, I made it through, I think I think it was episode three, season four, and I went, done. I don't need it, <laughs> I don't need it in my life anymore. And my family is upset. They're, they have the DVDs, and they'll go back and they'll watch it. And I'm like, I appreciate the fact that you guys like this, and I will not. I won't. I, I don't. Same thing. And then I've never had like the, the phrasing, the way to say it, but I think that's such a great way that you said it, is like, I, I, as soon as it becomes homework, that's just not, I don't have the, I don't have, yeah. I don't have the resources to give up for this. You know? Exactly. It's interesting. Cause I, I literally just saw and a walking dead. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Walking dead. Dear God, that absolutely. show ran its course. I'm I, like, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm waiting for it to be like officially over and all on Netflix. And then I'm going to power through the last like few seasons that I missed. Bingo. I yeah. don't think you'll yeah. need to, but um, I saw <laughs> I saw a recent like it was a it was from Vulture. It was from uh, Eric Kripke, who was who was uh, one of the producers on The Boys, and they That's said, right, you yeah. know what, um, you know, basically he's had the experience of working on network television as well as in the streaming, and that he basically gave a really quick breakdown of like what's great about streaming and also what kind of sucks, and he says. You know, he loves streaming. He's like, I can't 
ever see myself going back to network. He says it gives you the ability to do two things. Have most of your scripts written before you shoot a day of film and then have all the episodes finished before you turn them over to air. He says that's great because um, uh, we're in the middle of filming an episode seven and we realize that there's a different storyline we need. We still have time to go back and shoot it for episode one and drop it back in if we want to make that work. And he said the downside is that a lot of filmmakers who work on streaming didn't necessarily come out of the network grind. They're more comfortable with the idea that they could give you 10 hours where nothing happens until the eighth hour. He goes, that drives me fucking nuts, personally. As a network guy who had to get you people interested for 22 fucking hours a year, I didn't get the benefit of, oh, just hang in there and don't worry. The critics will tell you that by episode eight, shit really hits the fan. Or anyone who says, well, what I'm really trying to make is a 10-hour movie. Fuck you. No, you're not. Make a TV show. You're in the entertainment business. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, so saying I would that agree with that. Streaming, but... He likes the fact that he cut his teeth in network. Yeah, because I think he understands um, yeah. the logistics of it is great, right? Because, yeah. you know, because we, we've all seen that, right? Like, where, where TV show storylines get muddled, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, something we, we, we you put way back in episode one doesn't necessarily work out. You're like, ah, well, it's set in stone. Whereas now it's like, yeah, we get it basically ready to go. We release it. Things are solid. But the idea of, I, th I love his mentality of, I'm going to get you interested Right out, right away, and we're gonna keep you interested the whole time, as opposed to because we've all watched those shows. Where we're like, wow, I mean, episode four does get pretty crazy. Like Westworld's the one I think of, where I only watched the first season. And I was like, boy, this is really going. But but in episode four, I'm like, okay, now I'm into it. I mean, it's kind of disrespectful yeah. to be like, guys, yeah, wait four hours and four. Would you do that with any movie? It's like, listen. No. You got to get through the second movie. Then after that, man, it gets going. It's like no one would ever do that. That Snyder cut. You got to get through the first two and a half hours. Right. Man, that last hour and a half rips. It's like it just yeah. it gets it gets going. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um, it to to tie it back into SpongeBob real quick. Yeah, please. Uh, so we are doing two spinoff shows with SpongeBob right now as well. We're doing Camp Coral. The official title is Camp Coral SpongeBob's Under Years, which is um, pretty much all the SpongeBob characters in a summer camp. Uh, most of them are, I mean, they're all younger. Most of them are kids. Some of them are still adults because they were always older than the others. Uh, and then uh, the Patrick Star Show. And Camp Coral streams on Paramount Plus. I mean, they're, they all stream on Paramount Plus, but Camp Coral is exclusive to paramount plus and then like eventually they put it on network tv okay. um uh like cable but then spongebob and the patrick star show are just like full cable and then they come to streaming like way later so it's really it's been very interesting to see it it hasn't really affected our process too much but it's been interesting to see like how they release things like the release schedule because we've finished an entire season of camp coral and they released half of it last year and are just like sitting on the other half interesting whereas like with spongebob every few weeks basically they'll come out with like two or three more new episodes and then wait for like maybe a month and then a couple more episodes because we've always got you know there's always a, a deadline and that's how it is on all of the shows that we're doing but um the release schedule is just like kind of different like they're they're able to just hold on to stuff arbitrarily which they kind of do anyway yeah you know like we give them something pretty much like 
every week or every other week that they could just go to air with. But there's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot of like marketing and stuff like that that is involved. But it's um, it's been interesting. It's been interesting to see that the differences and I don't they also I mean, I'm not one of the people who like knows the numbers of people who watch what I think our showrunners probably get that information and then probably do nothing with it it's like okay great hey that was good let's we'll do it again like, <laughs> like keep up the nice good work yeah. established show too i guess is that you're just like we have a pretty baked in audience not that you yeah can definitely in, you it, definitely you don't have to worry as much as an up-and-coming yeah. show yeah with that said though it's like you know we we can definitely guarantee we'll get like a couple hundred thousand people for every episode but if you were to compare that to like 2001 when there was no streaming or anything like that you'd get a couple million per episode yeah and that was the norm whereas like now for a show to crack a million viewers it's got to be like the thing that everybody talks about like better call Saul came out yesterday i doubt a million people watched it yesterday Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's like it's like uh, television viewers are like reverse inflation. <laughs> and they just keep they just keep getting smaller and smaller instead of uh, you know instead of the numbers ballooning up, everyone's fighting for everyone's fighting for the same amount of people. You know, so we're in a viewer recession. I would say we're in a uh, a bull uh, <laughs> content market. <laughs> you know a lot about stocks, don't you? I listen to Doug a lot. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I listen to Doug. Uh, is it a bolt? Wait, which one's the better one? <laughs> no, like, it doesn't it matter. Whatever you say is right, Justin. Whatever you say yeah. is right. Yeah, you. This is why I'm poor because I don't do this. Um. <laughs> oh my god, that is 100% going to be a clip. Um. <laughs> no, I want. I actually was curious though, um, because you've had experience writing on both. I was listening to an interview with the Duffer brothers talk about how they enjoy um, the free form nature that streaming allows where you're not confined to 21 and a half minutes. You know, you don't have to cut it down to that. You were talking about jokes that you have to cut and you got to trim that fat and get it down to time. Yeah. And you've heard countless stories over the years. If you follow industry news of like people talking about how hard it is to kill your babies and 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 the the thing you think is gold and and cut that and how are we going to get to time and they like the fact that and sometimes that can get away from you because their last episode was two and a half hours but you know to being able to play with you know some episodes are 39 minutes and some are 52 do, do you have a preference on which one do you find one easier one more fulfilling working within very tight parameters versus working with a little bit more freedom like that yeah so unfortunately even though one of our spinoff shows isn't uh like a direct to cable show like it's a streaming first show it does eventually go to cable so we're still we actually have to cut that one that's camp coral we actually have to cut that one down more than the others um so we don't actually get that freedom even though it's a streaming show interesting so on SpongeBob, we're still um, we still deliver our our shows at eleven minutes, which is like the old standard. You know, it allows a little room for commercials and then another eleven minute cartoon. Um, 
but for like pretty much every other show like that that's been grandfathered in just because we're a holdover from like 1999 yeah whereas camp coral and the patrick star show we have to deliver i think at like 10 and a half minutes okay it might be 10 45 but i think it's 10 and a half so we we don't we have to cut it even shorter but i think that is sometimes a good thing because if if we were given the freedom like you were saying to be like okay well this episode is 11 minutes but this one's going to be 14 and this one's going to be 22 and this one's going to be seven there'd be there's so much less structure to that that for a show like ours you kind of need that you kind of need need the like constraints in order to keep the pace up because it's also a show for kids so you need to like right keep it moving um you need to keep their attention like we were talking about you know you can't wait oh spongebob gets really good after season five (laughs) it's like no like episode one in the first minute has to be good and it is good um but yeah same with like the patrick star show and camp coral like we had to premiere those so like the first episode had to be great immediately um and I think if we were given like every once in a while, we're allowed to do a special um, okay. or because we're Nickelodeon's favorite, I guess we get to do like uh, like a half special where, oh, this episode is 15 minutes long and then we'll pair like a little short with it where it's like, oh, this one's four minutes. So it all still comes out to 22 minutes or whatever. Yeah. I didn't do the math on that correctly, but you it get checks what I'm out. saying. Yeah. Checks Look, out to you guys. I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I know Justin wouldn't check my math. Uh, <laughs> nope. But uh, yeah, so it's still like collectively that episode will still come out to 22 minutes. Okay. But that is, I think, for the best for the style of show that we're going for, because it's fast paced. It's got to be funny. It's got to be funny right away. The density of jokes is like set up punchline, set up punchline, set up punchline. Like there's we can't spend a lot of time with dead air you can't have a lot of like moody scenes of just you know spongebob walking down the road for 45 <laughs> seconds like you know we're not vince gilligan not- we can't get away with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah our, our establishing shots are like a second and a half that's yeah. what i get you know where and you are a drum bucket. <laughs> yeah i think that was i, I uh, watched the the one that you're uh, that you had posted on instagram the one that you uh, mm-hmm. said that your first kind of your first uh, full true episode. And I, I can't remember the last time I watched a SpongeBob uh, episode, but I was floored at how, like how quick it moved. Like it was, it was yeah. you know, exactly what you're saying. It was like a breakneck speed. Yeah. It's gotten faster over the years. Definitely. Like if you watch season one, a lot of those episodes are definitely have a little more of that like moody flavor where it's like oh we're just gonna like chill under the sea for a minute here and then we'll move on to the funny part which was cool um but just with the nature of the show and the amount of stuff that we want to do and the nature of the audiences now it 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 moves faster it has to um but it's also you know the show's changed over 25 years sure so that's just how things work. But yeah, that that episode in particular, if anybody at home wants to check it out, the title of that episode is Potato Puff, written by yours truly. That once again is Potato Puff. Uh, <laughs> just a quick plug there. 
Um, you can find it on iTunes or Apple, whatever it's called. Three ninety nine. Yeah, go check it out. <laughs> but um, yeah, that one in particular is a really fast paced episode because I came up with like the weirdest concept for my first story and needed a lot of like it needed a lot of setup that story so it it, it just ended up being a lot of plot points <laughs> it was like the most complicated thing i ever wrote but it ended up being like one of the funniest things i think i ever wrote too i thought so, it was a great episode yeah amazing. i would that's thank one of you. those where thank i you. would love to see uh the script of because as it was going i was trying to imagine what it looked like when you put pen to paper and yeah. I'm like, i don't i can't I cannot conceptualize what what this script could possibly look like. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it, it's that's it, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing that you pull off what you do. That episode already came out, so I can show you the script for that one. Ooh. Oh, great! I, actually, if you yeah. could, I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That'd be really cool. That's right. Um, but yeah, there's believe it or not, there's more in that script than what ended up on the screen. I believe I, it. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, Justin, do you think it's time? Oh, it's time. What's happening? That's right. Oh, I know Briefly. About this. Okay. Yeah. So, in uh, one sentence about this. Yeah. It gave you, it gave you a little <laughs> a little description. Uh, hello everybody. Welcome to the segment of the show that we call The Throwdown, where we basically put two things in a in an arena where they fight to the death and we have to decide which one comes out victorious. And this one uh, this is this is curated by uh, the Council of Elders on our Discord channel. A group of folks who help Justin and I determine what should go to this, and we typically don't have any idea about what's going to be happening. I I'll let them know, you know, Danny Giovannini of the SpongeBob uh, Giovannini's will will be on here, so I use that as sort of an inspiration. Uh, so uh, this week's throwdown is going to be good old Sandy Cheeks versus Squirrel Girl from the Marvel Universe. Now, they also provide us with stat sheets for these folks, so oh it can help us do a little bit of a uh, little bit of you know, you know I love stats uh, objective uh, breakdowns. Um, Danny, I feel like if anyone here knows the most about uh, Sandy Cheeks, it would be you. Do you? Could you break down who Sandy Cheeks is and what her strengths and weaknesses are? <laughs> of course, I could. Uh, Sandy Cheeks is a squirrel who lives underwater. She wears an astronaut space-like suit to breathe her air, and she lives in a tree dome in Bikini Bottom. Uh, she is a genius, uh, an inventor, a scientist, but she is also a master of karate, or karate, as they say in the show. Uh, she is also great at... Uh, extreme sports she can surf she can clam surf she can uh snowboard which is like surfing uh but on snow and she is very competitive and she's from texas so she has a lot of guns <laughs> is that canon 
She has cannons. It is now. I guess that is. <laughs> You're yeah, talking to a writer, Doug. Scared. Who do you think it is? Who do you, who do you think the answer is? The answer is yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's incredible because as I'm looking at the stat sheet, I'm like, he's calling out all the impressive stuff here. So, yeah. yeah. Danny's not messing around. I know around. nothing about Squirrel Girl, though. So well, guess what? You, Neither do I. So Great. Um, so, apparently Squirrel Girl is, uh, she's got a mutant powers. She's got a prehensile tail. And uh, ew. Her, ew, and she's got um, one of her powers and abilities is preparation. I don't know what that means, but apparently she's prepared. Right. Uh, she martial arts, like no one's business. Yeah, man. You want to talk about someone who can plan a party? You know, yep. a large event. You give her a call. Uh, so she, days. she's she's got martial arts abilities, proficient in multiple weapons. Uh, surface scaling, blah, blah, blah. Can communicate with and summon squirrels. I think that's a key po uh, point in, yeah. in this situation. The squirrels can produce supersonic screeches. All right, that's cool. The squirrels that she summons? Apparently so. That's that's definitely interesting. Right. Uh, she's at least massively hypersonic speed, um, which I think might be a problem. Uh, let's see here. Fairly durable, decent stamina, standard equipment, acorns, 4,000 plus flashcards of Deadpool's Guide to Supervillains, and she can summon squirrels from surrounding land. Now, that's interesting, too, depending on where this fight takes place. Mm -hmm. okay, I'd like wait. to think if they There's take phrase in there, too. Yeah, because if they are um, you know, in water, she's probably going to die because she can't breathe and... Yeah, Sandy Cheeks can. Also, Doug, what is one of her, what is her weakness? Uh, her weakness is uh, is emotionally attached to her squirrels. So if you kill the squirrels, you kill her. Basically, she's she will come unhinged. Is my guess. Her intelligence is she's gifted, so she can develop complex strategies and solve difficult problems under duress, as well as being exceptionally gifted in the field of computer science. So I feel like um, this is a pretty good matchup, you know, other than actual well, size. You know, <laughs> let me ask this: yeah, if if Sandy Cheeks, her classification is squirrel, and Squirrel Girl can summon squirrels, can she summon Sandy Cheeks and therefore control her? Well, well does she control them or just make them run to her? Yes. Yeah, I I think it says can summon. I don't get the idea that she necessarily controls them. But if she can, but they also do like screeches that she, yeah, can make them do. I guess, yeah, because I've never heard a squirrel supersonic screech at me. Yeah, supersonic. I mean, that sounds like you know you're going to be deaf after this thing screeches. But if they're underwater, guess what? You're dead. They can't screech underwater. I mean, they could, but you know, does supersonic go underwater? Justin, check that math. Hmm? Yes. <laughs> By the way, uh, Jim says Sandy's also radioactive from the testing. She's uh, was one of the animals they put on the ship. She survived, so she's gonna kick Squirrel Girl's ass. That's Jim's That's true. line of thought, which I think we should. I will say, when, when Sandy hibernates, she goes into like a bear mode. Yes, where she's like super feral and buff. Right. right they do right. mention that that she does have a uh, a rage, a rage yeah. power in berserk mode she's via a, being woken up during hibernation. <laughs> she has a rage mechanic. <laughs> Yeah, she's a comeback mechanic in her rage. Her rage. Murder. So yes. what I'm thinking is, in the situation where she's hibernating and Squirrel Girl summons squirrels, <laughs> she gets woken up, she goes berserk mode. Now you got a, a bear squirrel. 
Yeah. Squirrel bear. Squirrel bear. Jer- Jervis says Sandy is Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, ah, this is interesting because Squirrel Girl is also an ext- considered an extraordinary genius. So, so is Sandy. No, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sorry. What I meant was Sandy is that Squirrel Girl is gifted, which is you know okay. great, but but Sandy is like genius level stuff. So I think the trouble we run into here is size. Although this is a girl, right? So average. I don't know how old she is, but you know she's not huge or anything like that. And let's face it, she's twenty, but she's a human. Yeah, and let's be let's be honest. If a squirrel decided it wanted to attack us, we'd be terrified. <laughs> Squirrels are fast. I saw a TikTok the other day of a squirrel that it was so mad it was hanging onto this construction guy's jeans and it wouldn't let go. And the guy's like pulling on it. He's like, this thing's really mad. It's just like, I'm not going to let go. It was so pissed. I'm like, yeah, dude, if a squirrel decided it's it's coming yeah. for you, you're you, there's nothing you can do about it. That thing's going to get to you. Like That's it, man. That's and if, it. if you want to give, you know super like gifted intelligence and also you add in some berserk a rage mechanic on top of that with uh karate and martial arts this squirrel is not only gonna be full of rage it's gonna know the pressure points it's gonna know the the spots where if it puts just enough pressure it'll cut off blood to your brain i mean this can can i also just say that squirrel girl in her powers and abilities has social influencing i mean she's got a couple million followers presumably (laughs) <laughs> yeah actually jared asked a really so good gonna summon a gang to beat up sandy you know what i'd still put sandy because do those other squirrels know karate i don't think so you know that's true so here's my argument is that sandy has a lot of inventions and she's also um she lives within the logic of cartoons whereas i feel like squirrel mm. girl lives in the logic of comic books which is different that's like within kind of reality yeah we've talked about this before pull a thing out of hammer space exactly like tune force is a real thing that usually it's like well that's overpowered this person's gonna this person's gonna win jared brings up a good point though okay um jared asks, can squirrel girl summon ghosts doug um because there's an ongoing inside joke that i don't know it was something that was taken out of context where you know i was like do people believe in ghosts i was like i don't because someone's like hey that thing moved i'm like who knows maybe a squirrel got in there and moved it and you didn't realize it and the squirrel ran out and it's like hey squirrels are ghosts that kind of became an ongoing joke thanks for making me explain that to to danny jared appreciate (laughs) it inside jokes are great when you have to explain them i thought it was a great joke i was just like then as soon as i said i I saw danny's face danny's like what (laughs) Why would she summon ghosts? She's not a yeah, necromancer. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really, but really good. But now that you explain it, it's brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so which which way are we leaning on this, uh, boys and girls? What are we feeling? I'm feeling... I, I'm leaning towards Sandy Cheeks on this one, just because yeah. um, I think the rage mechanic plus the heightened <laughs> intelligence, the... Uh, complex uh, gadgets and stuff that she could potentially bring to the table and the fact that again Squirrel Girl can talk to her, Squirrel Girl can't control her and while she's probably used to squirrels, I don't know if she's used to this kind of squirrel just running right at you and I imagine Squirrel Girl would tear through any other squirrels although the supersonic screeching could be a problem, I don't know 
that's that's a concern. She's probably got an invention for that though. Right? Earplugs. Yeah. You know? I yeah, I mean that's a pretty simple fix. Like she's wearing a helmet, she can soundproof the helmet. She can you know, psychic wave proof the helmet too, so Squirrel Girl can't summon her. Canonically, we've had Sandy open like portals to other dimensions. Um, you know, pretty much any any gadget you can think of, we've probably given it to Sandy before. So she's got a lethal arsenal. I told you she's from Texas. She has a lot of guns. Yeah. They're just not traditional guns. I also They're ray guns and portal guns. Squirrel Girl's ability to speak to squirrels will only do good when she's begging Sandy Cheeks for her life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it says, to be fair, a squirrel girl can lift up to 25 tons. She's strong. Doesn't matter when a squirrel's coming right for your anus. Like, what are you going to do? I don't give a shit how much you lift. If a squirrel's going for you, like... Andy Scrappy. Yeah. She'll she'll do what it takes. Yeah, I don't give a shit, man. If a squirrel's coming for your anus, you got to (laughs) clench. Brilliant timing. Thank you. Yes. uh, Yeah, yeah, I think it's got to be squirrel girl for the win. I'm feeling it, yeah. Or Sandy? That's what I meant. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep. I keep. No. It's yep. Sandy Cheeks for the win. My bad. Danny, you on board? I'm biased, so yeah. <laughs> and you said that so deadpan. I'm biased, so yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sandy wins. Oh man. God damn, that was great. Ah, oh, I'm so glad Danny was here to give us the full rundown. That was very helpful. He was an expert in that. You're welcome. I love it. Oh, all right. Well, this is the part of the show where uh, we turn over to recommendations. So uh, if there's anything, um, Danny, that you've read, watched, listened to, uh, anything that you've worked on, anything of that nature that you think that our listeners or viewers should check out, uh, this is your opportunity to uh, put that out there to the world and say, this is my recommendation. Danny, what do you recommended? Uh, I already recommended my episode of SpongeBob. <laughs> Which you absolutely should. Uh, yeah. Which is, again, Potato Puff. Um, There are actually two that I've written that have aired now. The other one is called Upturn Girls, uh, which is also hilarious, if I do say so myself. Although I only had so much to do with that. A lot of it is, you know, the actors and the artists and the production people who make it all happen. I got to give a shout out to them. Uh, I'm nothing without them. But... uh, a different recommendation that I would give. I've been reading the manga Berserk recently. That's a I'm wild. A more, I'm a little more than halfway through it right now. I'm on like volume 25 or something like that. And good God, uh, it's great. But it it's one of the most like violent and heartbreaking stories I've ever read. Uh, so if you like Spongebob, you'll like Berserk. <laughs> I've seen the three movies they have of that show, on uh, of that manga on, on, on Netflix, and uh, I agree with you. I think that's, if you like yeah. Spongebob, you'll like this show. <laughs> I think that's yeah, true. Those, yeah, those three movies are like the tip of the iceberg for this story. So I've heard. It's, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. It, I hadn't been able to find it anywhere for a long time. And then I found it on uh, the Dark Horse comic uh, app and you have to pay for everything and it's kind of expensive, but I say it's worth it um, because I have been spending like $30 on all of these, you know, collections of volumes every two weeks or something like I can't put it down. It's so good. Yeah. And it's just it's 
it, they're also coming out with more now, even though the creator died and he like his friend was the only guy who knew how the story ended. So now they're finally wrapping up the story. And I'm so stoked. Like, I, I feel like I picked the perfect time to get into it. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Wolf just shouted in chat, Griffith, in all caps. So. Griffith! <laughs> That's how I imagine he screams his name. <laughs> Justin, what do you got to recommend? Well, obviously, I'm going to recommend uh, you've got to check out <clears throat> SpongeBob SquarePants. And I thought for sure you were going to say Ted Lasso. So did I. That's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, subverting expectations. Uh, yes, check out SpongeBob. And specifically, I would recommend uh, the two episodes Danny's written. I can personally <laughs> rep- recommend one of them because I've watched it. Um, What's the name of it, Justin? It's uh, Potato Puff. There you Puff go. Potato. There you go. Magic Potato. Right. Potato yeah. Puff. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, it's uh, it's wonderful. Uh, I thoroughly did. I really did enjoy it uh, when I watched it today. And then um, secondarily, uh, I would I would absolutely recommend Ted Lasso. Uh, if you can get yourself a subscription to Apple TV Plus, uh, if you want to wait for season three and binge it in a week, do that. Uh, I'm not saying you should, just saying you can. Uh, but it's a wonderful show, regardless of what any other fucks say, and you should watch it. There you go, Doug. What do you got? Uh, I would like to recommend a specific episode of uh, uh, Ryan Sickler's podcast, The Honeydew. That he does with Jeremiah Watkins. This is the second time Jeremiah Watkins is on there. Jeremiah Watkins is a an amazing comedian and improviser, uh, trained in the world of Second City, I think, out on the West Coast. And uh, the Honeydew is a podcast that's kind of known for highlighting the lowlights, where uh, they basically bring in uh, guests who talk about some of like the lowest parts of their lives, and they have a good laugh about it. They they, they make it very wholesome and things. And Jeremiah Watkins tells an amazing story about how he tried to get on a show. I think it was called Wild and Out. Um, yeah. Yeah, and how he 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 swung big mm-hmm. and uh, uh, like Nelson Mandela big? Like, like Nelson Mandela. Bigger than that, my friend. Bigger than that. And he tells an amazing story that I was like, hey, I don't think that was really that big of a miss, but the the people that he did that for didn't feel the same way. And he also tells he journaled a lot when he was younger and he told an amazing story in his journal about the night he met Andy Dick and what that was like. And uh, it was amazing. It's a really great podcast episode. I highly recommend. I I enjoy that podcast anyway. It's phenomenal. That particular episode had me just, I was laughing so hard uh, listening to it. So check that out. The honeydew uh, with Ryan Sickler, wherever you get your podcasts and things of that nature. And speaking of that, gang you can check us out anywhere you can catch your your podcasts on things like apple podcasts Podbean. also check us out on good pods i i I mentioned that a little while ago and then kind of stopped using it and then i'm back on it's kind of like instagram for podcasts like as you listen to podcasts you can like click those ratings and it shares it in the feed so people that you follow and like are friends with see what you're listening to you see what they're listening to and you kind of like can can share that sort of shit so check us out there and also don't forget to check us out on youtube youtube.com slash podcast if you liked this wonderful human danny and you can tolerate justin and i hit the like button hit the subscribe button if you're feeling extra fancy check us out when we live stream on tuesdays at 8 p.m central for the podcast and i host a video game stream on saturdays at 8 p.m central this saturday carly aka c2 is gonna be joining us for a beautiful round of what the dub so come hang around for those kind of shenanigans and uh, don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Mind Gap Podcast. 
Justin also exists digitally as well. I do, but before I tell you where you can find me, uh, Danny, is there any place where people can find you if they want to see all the cool shit you're up to? Uh, my social media is Dang Ninny, uh, which is a play on my name, but it's mostly like locked down and private because SpongeBob fans are wild. <laughs> They love the show. I suppose and they hate the show. <laughs> um, they've got opinions, uh, which everyone is entitled to, as we yep. said. Everyone's entitled to their opinions. So, but um, they really like to make their opinions known sometimes. So I, I get a little shy on the social media. That's completely fair. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah, I might, I might open some things up here and there. I might open up my books. Okay. Well, there you go. How about this? We'll make there's a barrier to entry, right? You you've said it, but they got to figure out how to spell it now. Yeah. So yeah, but, that's true. And there they have go. to go through the approval process. They got to find you. They got to add yeah. you. You have to go through to prove whether or not it's cool, yeah. and then go on D- from there. DM me uh, the secret code. Uh, I said it at some point in this podcast, but you'll have to go back and listen again. Mm-hmm. And you'll only really hear it if you give it a like and subscribe. That's it's true. It'll pop up after go. that. So <laughs> you got to want it. Good job, it's Danny. Being... Good job. Moral of this. Story. I'm great at this. You're awesome. <laughs> I'm a total shill. Yes. <laughs> follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Justin underscore Michael spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. While you're in the online realm, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podbean, all the different places where you can find and consume quality podcasts. You can find and consume us, and we love to be consumed. Rate, review, share around all those things, and then 2East8th.com, and follow 2East8th on all social medias, and then also Love and Improv Film on Instagram. It is Love and Improv Film on Instagram. Listen, you checked your notes. I'm proud of you. Way to go. No, Well, notes. It's the actual uh, account I have pulled that's, up. That's right. Like, those are your notes. I'm not even... I'm not even going to take the chance that I type it wrong. All right. Yeah. And it's all good. That. And that's that. Um, yeah. One more time, Danny, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, we'd thank love to guys. have you back. At, uh, I just, I, we barely got to, I was just, just kept looking at the time. I'm like, damn it. We gotta, we gotta go. This is, I could talk for hours. This is so much fun. So we'd love to have you back at some point and chat with you more, but we're so happy for you. And everything you're doing and you're just, you know, kicking ass, taking names and, you know, we love you, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was great to like hang out with you guys again uh, for the first time in like 10 years. This was super fun. So, yeah, anytime you want me back, just just let me know. Oh, yeah, for sure. What I'd really love to do is like have us all watch a movie and then have Danny break it down like writer style and be like, (laughs) Danny, tell me why I'm an idiot for liking this movie. Like that would be my favorite thing. So I will. OK, I will say I've gotten a little less harsh on things as I've gotten older and learned how to write a little more and also learn how the industry works a little more. So there's I give a little more slack, especially with like, you know, big movies that I, I just, you know, if I have fun, that's all I need. Yeah, I don't necessarily need to break down every single thing, but I still maintain that Thor: the dark world was not great. <laughs> and you know what? Any of my criticisms that I said 10 years ago, I stand by them. I, they were great. You know, they were great. And I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to argue with you on that anyway. So you know, for <laughs> sure. But uh, thanks so much for stopping by. This was an absolute delight. And um, with that, I want to say, uh, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Chat, thank you. 
listeners, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.